The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai, Episode 15. Welcome to The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. I'm your host, Dr. Yishai Barkadari, psychologist and adaptability coach to entrepreneurs and business leaders. I believe that working on your business is more important than working in your business. If you want to achieve your business goals and dreams without the cost and pain of having to make every mistake yourself, then The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is the podcast for you. I'm here to help you learn from the lessons of entrepreneurs and business leaders to help you work on yourself and your business so that you can save time, energy, and grow faster. For those of you new to the show, The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai presents three new episodes each week on Insight Sunday we dive into the minds of business leaders through insightful guest interviews. On Story Tuesday, we dig deeper with them and learn firsthand from their stories, hard-earned lessons, and experience. On Thrive Thursday, it's just you and me on the couch, where you'll hear scientific research, my thoughts, and tangible tactics to adapt and grow yourself and your business. Grab a proverbial seat and listen up so you can learn from the minds and mistakes business leaders and apply their wisdom to your life and business. Welcome to Thrive Thursday with Dr. Yishai. This week, I had Zach Knight, entrepreneur, leader of six companies, and host of the Be a Tactical Leader podcast on the couch with me. On Insight Sunday, Zach shared his leadership mindset and lessons he brings from the battlefield to the boardroom. On Story Tuesday, Zach shared stories of the most expensive lessons he learned and how he chooses to fail forward by taking bold action and learning from each and every experience. If you haven't yet, go back and listen to episodes 13 and 14. Today, I'm taking a different approach. Today, I'm sharing why I do this podcast for myself and for you. Today, I'll share deep pains, lessons, and takeaways from my life that are the reason I do everything I do. Of course, I'm not just going to do it to spill my guts. I'm here to help you learn and grow from my way of thinking and my lessons. Just like on Insight Sunday and Story Tuesday, I'm here to help you learn and grow from the thoughts and lessons of other entrepreneurs and business leaders. Before we dive in, I wanted to share that the Business Couch with Dr. Yishai is brought to you by Adaptability Coaching. If you lead a six or seven plus figure business and experience a drag or dip in your growth, if you notice diminishing engagement or passion in your business, if you want to eliminate exhaustion and burnout in yourself or your teams, if you sense that you or your company would grow faster and stronger if you could just pivot efficiently and effectively when circumstances change like they have so much in 2020, then you've got an adaptability problem. Adaptability coaching will give you and your business the psychology and neuroscience-based tools to understand and leverage core adaptability skills through the unique 3D adaptation framework. You can learn to harness and leverage core adaptability skills to grow yourself and your company. You can learn to become fast, flexible, and formidable. You can learn to turn tough circumstances, reactions, and exhaustion into energy, excitement, and excellence for you and your company. To learn more, go to dryishai.com slash coaching. 
Now, without further ado, let's dive into infinite adaptability. I snap. The pool ball leaves my fingertips, hurtling straight at my brother's head. Lucky for me, it only tears a two-foot crater through the wall behind him. Unlucky for me, my brother is much bigger than me. I tear out of the room, tears streaming down my face, adrenaline coursing through my veins. I run and hide for hours. Shaking and sobbing, I feel so overwhelmed and out of control. At seven years old, I lose my friends, my brother, and any shred of respect I have for myself. I realize this is not normal. This is not okay. I realize that my emotions are dangerous. They hurt me and people around me. I realize my emotions can take control of me in an instant and wreck everything. And at that moment, with tears still clinging to my chin, puffy eyes that I can barely see through, a nose overflowing with ugly cry snot, I make one fateful commitment. I swear I will never let my emotions do that again. Because the very next thing I dedicate all my time and energy to is spending years tirelessly working to shut my emotions down. Of course, I have all kinds of mishaps with less and less frequency. I push myself continually by saying to myself, if you can just wrestle the reactions down, you can conquer them, and then they can't get the better of you. So by high school, I have what seems to be a firm grip on my emotion system. By most metrics and by all accounts, I have a handle on everything, and it's working. I have systems for my morning and evening, my homework, classes, and for socializing, I'm a straight-A student. I wake up early, exercise, shower, eat, dress, get in the car, school, study, homework, listen, ask and answer questions, get in the car, get home, eat, do homework, watch TV, call a friend, clean my room, work out, brush my teeth, go to bed, rinse, and repeat. I think of myself as a machine. I can do anything, including falling deep into depression. Oops, that is not an intended result. But I become numb and disconnected from family, friends, and myself. I'm going through the motions, but there's no spark in my step, no passion in my heart. I'll admit it's a bold and brash decision, and it doesn't really fix the problem. In fact, it takes me down a road in the opposite direction that I need to go, a road taking me miles away from where I am today. But that road teaches me so much of what I need to know, at least half of it, by making mistakes, just like this one. Suppressing my emotions creates a serious disconnect. All of that work to get a handle on my reactions was really just getting in the way of waking up excited for my day and being in love with my life. Dumb choice. Wrong way. Dead end. I need to get my GPS to recalculate. Okay, time to set my brilliant brain to work on the new problem. How can I have both? I don't want my feelings to wreck my life, but I need to care about getting up in the morning. The next two and a half decades are a lot of zigzagging, a lot of trying things out, a lot of taking my pulse to see if I'm at the heart of the matter or not. It takes over 25 years, including over a decade of therapy, a master's in mental health counseling, and a doctorate in psychology. Years of learning about different theories of models of development, personality, dysfunction, years of mentorship, dedication, trial and error. But I finally figure it out. 
Since then, I have a fire burning in me, something I had to learn the hard way that I see causes so much damage, distress, and dysfunction. I know it can change everything for others. It did for me. I get obsessed. I try to figure out how to codify and create the greatest impact I can with it. I start to train coaches, managers, CEOs, and founders to see what I see, to learn what I learned, to do what I do. You can harness emotions. Emotions are not trying to get in your way. Emotions don't need to be controlled. They're neither good nor evil. I'm going to borrow a Star Wars metaphor. It's all around us and it connects all life. But the metaphor really falls apart quickly because Star Wars, like so much of our culture and the business world is no exception, vilifies emotions, especially so-called negative ones like anger, fear, overwhelm. Hate is an emotion. What use could hate possibly have? I've heard these questions hundreds of times. So, so many objections. I'll be honest, I like the challenges. And I'll get into how anger fear, overwhelm, and hate are not just terrible emotions that should be destroyed whenever they appear. I'm going to share with you three hard-earned lessons that took me 25 years to learn and master. I call them the three Ps. First, emotions show up under specific and predictable parameters. Second, emotions have purpose. Third, emotions predict and adapt. Okay, we're going to start with parameters. We don't get angry when our needs are fulfilled and we're not happy when obstacles get in the way of success. In fact, emotions can show up in a really complex way. According to Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett, researcher and neuroscientist, emotions are constructed rather than hardwired into our brains. We don't have a gene that codes for anger, which means that there isn't a law of emotion like we have in physics to predict exactly what will cause a specific reaction. But even still, there are predictable generalities, and there's a lot of research on this. Anger shows up when someone crosses one of your lines or gets in your way. What are your lines? Well, that can vary from person to person or might depend on the relationship or even context of an interaction. For one person, touching them on the shoulder crosses a line. For another, it's totally fine. Or you might be okay with your best friend or your sibling touching you, but not a stranger. Plus, different cultures have particular ways of reacting under circumstances. In some cultures, it's rude not to hug and kiss when you first meet someone. In others, it's offensive just to shake hands. Generally, though, certain emotions are likely to show up under certain situations. Understanding when feelings like frustration, anger, and joy show up is often referred to as emotional intelligence. So to recap, parameters tell you that feelings, emotions, or reactions show up generally under a fairly predictable set of circumstances. But that's only the first piece of the puzzle, and I think where emotional intelligence may fall short. And that brings us to the second major lesson I painstakingly learned, which is that emotions have purpose. Here's where the researcher scientist in me really shows up. Once I started to develop my skill in seeing when emotions show up, I started getting curious and asking kind of classical scientific questions, just like Sir Isaac Newton and the famous apple story goes. When resting in the shade of an apple tree one day, Isaac was struck in the head, literally, by an apple. 
which inspired the question, why does the apple fall down and not up? Then more observations. Most things fall down rather than moving in another direction when dropped. Then more questions. Do all things fall at the same speed? The answers to those questions lead to the discovery or uncovering of gravity and the laws of physics that come with it. When emotions kept falling on my head and giving me headaches, I got curious. I started asking myself, why is that happening? In fact, I asked that question thousands of times, and not just to myself, but with clients. I worked tirelessly to remain objective and let the data, other people's experience, tell the story. What came up is that anger lets us know something we would otherwise be oblivious to, that we have a line that's being crossed. But there's more to it, because anger motivates us to do something about it and ideally make sure that that line isn't being crossed anymore or won't in the future. So now we get to start to develop a little bit more clarity. What is the purpose of anger? Its purpose is to inform, motivate, and help me defend my lines so they're not getting crossed. To quickly come back to the other examples, overwhelm informs, motivates, and helps me handle situations where I'm getting overloaded. Fear lets me know about potential danger, motivates and helps me reduce or get away from that danger. Hate? That's a bit complicated, but in short, hate tells me that when I experience something or someone who is actively working against my interests or my needs, it tells me I need to do something or risk losing big if that person or entity succeeds. To dive a bit deeper and recap, There are three functions that each emotion is trying to serve. First, emotions are designed to provide us with data about our needs, especially when a change in circumstance can affect our need. Second, emotions direct us to address our need, sometimes toward or sometimes away from our current behavior, relationships, or a situation. Finally, emotions give us the drive or motivational push to change our behavior in order to continue to have our need or our needs met. So the way I like to summarize that is I call them the three Ds of adaptation, data, direction, and drive. And here's the key. Emotions are a system that help us adapt to changes in our needs and circumstances. They do that through providing us internal data, direction, and drive. I emphasize that it's trying to help because, as we all know, emotions don't fix everything. On the contrary, sometimes they can really seem to get in the way. Which brings us to the third and final P of the three Ps. And this one's the trickiest of all of them. The third P stands for prediction because our emotional system will actually shift how it responds to situations over time based on past experience. So in other words, our emotions will predict and adapt themselves based on how effective they were previously. Or, trying to put it more simply, your emotion system learns from experience. So if the last time you got mad, nothing happened, or your lines still got crossed and weren't reestablished, they weren't defended, then guess what happens the next time you're in a similar situation or around even the same person? I bet you guessed it. The anger shows up. Earlier, bigger, and more pushy than last time, because last time wasn't enough. So we're going to come back to that story I was telling you about myself, 
As a middle and high schooler, I'm on the warpath to prevent emotions from getting the better of me. So I decide to clamp down hard on them, to shut them down, to control them. If you ever tried to ignore your feelings, you'll know what happens next. I ended up in a cycle of little or no reaction and then switching to suddenly and unpredictably exploding. And when I wasn't exploding, I was numb or numbing myself. Unfeeling or explosive. Now that's not how I am today, even if I still have a tough time sometimes and I may be pulled in one of those directions. But I learned that emotions are either the wind in your sails or the reason you drag your feet and you can't be productive. But it's not the emotion itself. It's how you respond when that emotion shows up. Because emotions are messengers that are there to prompt us to adapt and change what we are doing. So when I spend so much time and energy holding my reactions down, I'm exhausted with the effort and preventing myself from having the data, direction, and drive to adapt to the situation. And just as a quick aside, some people really like to or think about, well, you can only have one feeling at a time, so if you feel one thing, you should try to feel something else. As it turns out, humans are capable of experiencing upwards, not only, but more than 10 feelings at a time, and each of them can have a different job, even in the same situation, even at the same time time. Now that can be really hard. We tend to get overwhelmed when something like that is happening. And of course that makes sense. And the reason you can have so many feelings or emotions show up simultaneously is because they each have a job to do and circumstances or situations or interactions or conversations can have or evoke multiple pieces of that. Multiple reactions because we have multiple needs that are either getting addressed or not getting addressed or being threatened. Okay, so let's talk about how you can harness your emotions because that's the real why. Why I worked so hard to figure it out, why I'm here talking about it, and why you're listening. Here's the alternative to just trying to shut down or ignore. And that involves some of the how that I developed and you can practically use. First, take the time and pay attention to what you're feeling. Take a moment a few times a day or when you notice a big reaction brewing, Slow down. Look deeper. Locate and try to name the feeling. Second, think about the need you have that's being disrupted. Ask yourself what your emotion system is trying to do for you. Third, remind yourself that if you ignore or control it, your feeling is trying to help you, so it's not just going to disappear, even if it subsides or goes down. It will be back. And if it's not around the same issue or at the same time at this very moment, then it's going to show up sooner and bigger next time because it's trying to get your attention, to give you the data, to direct you and drive you to take care of your needs. And I'm going to add another bonus because you've been sticking with me and I call it reverse engineering. If you want to feel excited, if you want to feel joy or happiness, If you want to feel something, ask yourself, when do you feel excited? When do you feel really happy? What do you really look forward to? What gets your blood pumping and your body buzzing to get you going? Then find a way to create and put that in front of you. So if you get really excited, you really get going when you've got a vacation coming, then find a way 
to get one in front of you, regardless of what the limitations are. Something that you can really look forward to. Or if you get really excited when you sign a deal or book a contract, then take a look at it and figure out how you can make that happen and get going. Or if you're a leader, think about your team. Take the time to learn what gets them excited, what makes them really happy, and then find ways to put that in front of them, to give that to them. And that's why I'm here. I've come a long way from being the kid who could explode at any moment. It took over 25 years to decode emotions and months, if not years, to really reprogram my emotion system. Now when I get angry, afraid, or overwhelmed, I don't try to hold it down or work around it. I know exactly why it's happening and how to harness it. And I help others learn to do the same. Because biting the hand that feeds you isn't going to get you your daily bread and your feelings are just trying to help. So learn to let them. And on that note, I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today on The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai. If you enjoyed today's episode, take a moment to rate and review the podcast. It helps grow the show and gives more people like you the ability to learn and grow. You can also click the share button to share today's episode directly with someone you know who would enjoy it. The Business Couch with Dr. Yishai podcast artwork is made by Sam Barkadari, show notes by Yishai Barkadari, and music by www.purple-planet.com. The advice and opinions of the host and guests are our own. I'm a psychologist, but not your psychologist. The conversations and content of this podcast do not contain or create any psychology practice, diagnosis, or therapist-patient relationship with either the guest or the listener. So do your own research before using anything from this podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember, our thoughts and reactions affect our actions. By listening, we can learn from the challenges others face and the choices they make so that we can make better decisions and get better results. 